0: Welcome to the audio version of The Monthly Read, our regular dive into an idea that has caught our attention or is making headlines across Intelligence Squared and beyond. I'm producer Faye Adabita, and in this episode, I'll be talking about the latest developments in Black British culture. If you want to receive The Monthly Read and updates on lots more going on at Intelligence Squared, sign up to become a member at intelligencesquared.com forward slash membership. You'll not only get the full newsletter, but all of our premium subscriber audio content too. Another Black History Month is coming to a close. For 36 years, October has been set aside in British calendars to celebrate and commemorate the history of Black people in Britain we revisit the tales of activists who have fought for racial equality, study the waves of migration that have brought Black people to this small but highly influential island, and are reminded that Black people were present in Europe much earlier than originally thought, within Georgian courts and on Shakespeare's streets. As a former history student myself, born and raised in London, with Nigerian parents who came to the city in their 20s, I've always been drawn to the narratives and stories that the month highlights. But recently, I've been thinking more about the present than the past, and how we've come to define what it means to be both Black and British. Why should we care about what is shown on our televisions or in our galleries? Because it serves as a microcosm of our wider world, reflecting the ideas and stories we believe are worth spotlighting and the types of people who express those ideas. If we look carefully at the industries and spaces where Black Brits are breaking new ground, we can see how they're influencing future generations of artists and creatives. In this monthly read, I'm going to explore how Black British culture has developed into its current state today. And I'm going to think about where it could go. For a long time, Black British history and culture was defined by Afro-Caribbean migration. The story of the Windrush generation was a central part of every Black History Month. Academics, including Jamaican-born Stuart Hall, held influential posts at British universities and a long list of actors, musicians, filmmakers and artists of Caribbean origin achieved success. Creatives like Lenny Henry, Naomi Harris, Isaac Julian, Ainsley Harriot, Steve McQueen, Mel B and David Harewood have all made significant contributions to British culture. Then, over the past few years, things started to change. Look at the new vanguard of actors making a name for themselves here and in the US. Daniel Kaluuya, Ugandan, Idris Elba, Sierra Leonean and Ghanaian, and Michaela Cole, Ghanaian. John Boyega, Nigerian, stepping onto the red carpet in a bright blue Agbada, a traditional Nigerian robe, for the premiere of Star Wars Skywalker, shows African culture is now a force to be reckoned with. Listen to the music stars winning big awards and even bigger fan bases Stormzy, Ghanaian, Skepta, Nigerian, Little Sims, Nigerian, and Dave, also Nigerian. Afrobeats dominate the charts. Anthony Joshua, Nigerian, and Bukayo Saka, also Nigerian, dominate the sport headlines. The latest incarnation of the Doctor, the protagonist of that most British of cultural institutions, Doctor Who, is Nkuti Gatwa, a young Rwandan Scottish actor. Why is this happening? What has shifted in Britain and among Black Africans to give them such visibility in recent years? A big part of the reason for this trend is demographics. In the first decade of the century, the number of Black Africans living in the UK doubled, and by 2011, they constituted the largest Black group in the UK. According to the 2021 census, the group now makes up 2.5% of the total population and comprises 1.5 million people. The first flush of African migrants came to Britain for very different reasons from their Caribbean counterparts. There was a large wave of migrants who came in the 1940s and 1950s from the Caribbean, and they tended to find work in blue-collar positions, in factories and on building sites. On the other hand, the majority of African migration occurred decades later, and they tended to be more middle-class migrants, more akin to the ideals of university education, notes Heidi Mirza, Professor of Race, Faith and Culture at Goldsmiths College, University of London. This socioeconomic advantage created a steady foundation for many of the children of these migrants to achieve success. Indeed, the majority of figures I listed were second-generation immigrants, or moved to the UK as children, and they continued to have strong links to their African heritage. The stereotype of black African parents instilling discipline and determination into their offspring rings truer than ever. Rapper JME, who is the brother of Skepta and the broadcaster Julia Danuga, underlines this influence as the cause of his family's multi hyphenate success. He says, What mum and dad gave us was the power of imagination. There were so many things that they imagined and made happen. Now, I'm not the first to notice just how many black Brits from the African diaspora are making a name for themselves. British Nigerian author Jimmy Famirera explores the development in his book Settlers journeys through the food, faith and culture of black African London and he thinks African influence in British culture and business will grow. He argues that the wave of the last decade or so does not seem to be slowing down or levelling off. It has come to resemble a series of infinite tipping points, a cresting wave that refuses to break. African culture is finally reaching the mainstream. Still, there is work to be done It's no coincidence that most black British stars, whether African or Afro-Caribbean, make their name in the fields of acting, music or sport. These remain the areas where we're most used to seeing black faces. But what if the underrepresented industries, such as theatre, fashion and contemporary art, which still feel like the domain of a Western European sensibility? To help throw some light on these other fields where black British stars have been less visible... I'm going to highlight a small selection of the names and initiatives that have managed to insert themselves into these traditionally white spaces. As a result, these disciplines are attracting more and more diverse audiences. Let's look at fashion. Edward Enninful became the first Black person and first man to hold the prestigious position of Editor-in-Chief of British Vogue in 2017. And during his six-year tenure, he continuously advocated for diversity in his work. He was an editor full of firsts. Overseeing issues with Laverne Cox, the first trans cover star, and Timothy Chalamet, the first man to land a solo cover. Ellen Full produced the first Braille cover, and in 2020, British Vogue's September cover was shot by Miss Anne Harriman, the first black male photographer to shoot a cover in the magazine's 107 year history. Even as Ellen Full leaves his post as editor, he is to be replaced by Chioma Nadi, whose story follows the same narrative as countless other black Brits. Born and raised in London, With a father who emigrated from nigeria to get an education here in the 1960s a new holy trinity of black british fashion designers is emerging grace wells bonner martine rose and bianca saunders are becoming household names all marked out by their avant-garde vision for menswear and their ability to transcend the high low divide of fashion they dress hollywood stars and they design for the street wells bonner has collaborated with adidas rose with nike and Saunders references streetwear and designs that somehow managed to combine wearability with surprising innovation. And the Missing Thread exhibition, currently on view at Somerset House, shines a light on the role of black fashion designers from the 1970s to the present day, while providing wider historical context by including key moments in black culture. Celebrated designer and tailor, Joe Casely Hayford, is given a section dedicated to his 40-year career. And in a departure from traditional exhibitions, The show doesn't just present history, but it aims to create it by commissioning works from new fashion talent such as Saunders and Nicholas Daly. In the world of theatre, Ryan Calais Cameron's play, For Black Boys Who Have Considered Suicide When The Hue Gets Too Heavy, was a riotous sold-out success during its run at the Royal Court Theatre this year, tackling the thorny topic of mental health among black men, but still managing to inject joy and verve into its depiction. While watching, I was struck by how little Cameron felt the need to explain himself. The play was packed with references to black culture, from jokes about jollof rice, a staple of West African cuisine, to musical numbers riffing off 90s R&B classics. For years, black theater have learnt to have empathy for characters who do not look like them. Now they can watch and listen to stories that they find familiar. And in the art world, Freeze is an unmissable part of the Social Calendar, an annual contemporary art fair that takes place in London that attracts over 85,000 visitors and results in millions of pounds worth of sales. Yet only a handful of the galleries on show are focused on promoting black artists. The Art Fair 154 disrupts the status quo as the first and only international art fair dedicated to contemporary art from Africa and its diaspora displaying works from Black British artists such as Alberta Whittle and Sonia Boyce. It has grown steadily over the years, and its latest iteration was its biggest yet, with over 170 artists on display. One particular highlight, Nigerian superstar Mr. Easy was spotted showing iconic conceptual artist Marina Abramovich around the fair, an unignorable endorsement of 154's growing mainstream influence. A whole raft of recent exhibitions at major museums and galleries has demonstrated the growing recognition of the work of Black British artists. 2021 saw a landmark group exhibition celebrating 70 years of Caribbean British art at Tate Britain, followed by retrospectives of Lynette Yeodon-Bergai and Isaac Julian. While across the river, Lubana Himid showcased her recent work at Tate Modern. In The Black Fantastic, which was put on at the Hayward Gallery in 2022, was another standout. Curated by British Ghanaian curator and writer, Echo Eshin, it focused on the legacy of Afrofuturism and received rave reviews. It's clear that traditionally unwelcoming creative industries are slowly but surely waking up to the value of platforming different voices. Seeing this success will surely influence the next generation, giving emerging talent the opportunity and confidence to flourish. And with any luck, we'll have countless more plays, movies, songs and art to enjoy. The future of Black British culture is bright and distinctly African. If you enjoyed this episode, do check out our latest podcast collection, Black History and Culture, on the Intelligence Squared podcast channel. I've been Faye Alabita. This has been The Monthly Read. Head to intelligencesquared.com forward slash membership to receive The Monthly Read every month straight into your inbox.
1: What are you doing right now? Perhaps you're in the supermarket. Maybe you're on a run or on the commute. But wherever you are in the world,